Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sage Advice Podcast. Today, we are speaking with performer, producer, dominatrix, Ashley Edmonds. Hello. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, such a pleasure and an honor to have you here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ashley, we recently got back in touch after many years, and I have really been racking my brain trying to remember, like, where we first met, what type of work we did together. I've just, I, too many years have gone by and my brain gets all cluttered and I do smoke cannabis. So help me remember. <laughs> because I know that you you left for a while too and you came back. So talk to me about that too. Did I meet you out in Atlanta? Like for Sleeper Kids World? Yeah. Okay, I that's possible. It, it's really <laughs> possible. And it's one of those things too where... Um, it could have just been in passing where it was like, oh, hi, hot chick, okay. you know, yeah. other hot chicks coming and going. Um, but I feel like it was it possibly at a fetish con from a really long yeah. time ago, like 2009 or 11. Something, something like that. I remember I sent you a picture, you know, once we had kind of reconnected just recently, I was like, oh yeah, look, here's you munching on my butt. In, yes. <laughs> in the lobby of a hotel. Yes, that sounds yes, fetish, Connie. You're a good egg from the start. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I had a feeling it was fetish con, kind of, yeah, because I, I always associated you with Florida. So were you there? I was. I, I actually okay. ended up living there for like four years. But okay. I did a good chunk of work while I was out there, hung out with a bunch of folks. It was a pretty hot scene out there back then. So. Yeah. I mean, it still kind of is, right? Uh, depending on the type of work you do, but I, I think yeah, I think, uh... yeah. Honestly, I have been just up to my balls in <laughs> producing for my new content, and so I haven't yeah. done a whole lot of um, traveling or anything like that. In fact, I just reached out this morning to uh, Grady Foot Girls out in Florida, and I'm like, I miss coming out there. You know, like I want to come out and do all the bratty foot stuff and like, well, come to Florida. So. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's usually worth a trip to Florida because there are people all over the state to work with. Uh, you got your Fort Lauderdale, your Miami, your Orlando, lots of uh, fetish producers in Orlando as well yeah, as St. Pete, Tampa. Yeah. 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 So there's a thriving scene out there. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that. You did, you, you had a career for a time period, a certain year to a certain year, and then you stepped away and you did something else for a while and then you came back. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I got started in porn early 2000s. Uh, I was what, 23, I think. I was a little, little baby back then. <laughs> Uh, almost not a baby anymore for the f porn folks. Funny enough, they're like, "Oh, you're a MILF at 23," but <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> yeah whole other conversation. Start that milfing a bit early these days. Yeah, but <laughs> right. Uh, but I uh, got into the industry by um, so I married young, and I decided that we were swingers. I was just like, I need more sex in my life. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm hot. And people are hot. I want just more of this deliciousness. 
Yes. And we wound up bumping into a couple who had a production, small production. Um, and back then they were called kind of like solo girl or pretty girl sites, right? Mm-hmm. So it would yeah. just, you know, be a membership. And uh, yeah, my husband and I at the time just did some vanilla stuff, you know, typical blowjobs. And I, yo, you rescued my cat. Here's my pussy. You know, the whole <laughs> cliche yes. thing. Pizza um, delivery cable guy. <laughs> oh, and you know what's so funny? Just the other day, um, my fiance was fixing the dishwasher. <laughs> So, of course, I had to come up behind and be like, oh, no, you're stuck. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, See, they, they translate well into real life. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny. It's always funny. So we met a couple. Uh, they were like, hey, you know, we should do a site for you. And that is mywifeashley.com. Last I checked, it was still up and going. But holy crap, that shit's like 20 years old. <laughs> It's going on it. It's going on it. Yeah. Well, you can always um, rekindle it. I don't own it. In addition. I oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bummer. So all of that content is owned um, by Naughty at Home Productions. And that's all fine. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. All good. Um, but from there, that's when I met Paris Kennedy, if you'll remember. Yes. Yeah. So we met at, at like this underground grunge band practice thing it was awesome it was perfect so it's like oh porn star meet porn star um and then she, from there she was just like oh my god you need to start fetish modeling it's so much easier than regular porn <laughs> yeah. uh, and it's so much more fun and the people are great you're gonna love it yeah. um so i did that uh for about seven years total um, I did my first femdom scene a couple of years into my fetish performing. So for like the first year and a half or so, I had actually done a few scenes where I was submissive. And so I had been flogged, cropped, whipped, fucked the whole thing. Yep. Um, we all start out kind of. Yeah, we all start out. Like, gotta... We're all stepping a pie. You can tie me up and throw me in a yeah, hot tub. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. <laughs> 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 right? Yeah. Um, and then I worked with Femdom Empire. Then I worked with Lexi. And yeah, I've never been more turned on in my whole life. By being, by being dominant over yes. men or just in yeah. general? Yeah. 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 Just being dominant in the first place. Um, yeah. it, it's interesting because, you know, I grew up just just like all, just like you, just like all everyone else, you know, I was taught to be agreeable. I was taught to be delicate with uh, my wants and needs, you know, That's how we're, we're socialized. Exactly. And, and you know me pretty well at this point, you know, I, I like to think that I'm a pretty gentle, um, empathetic person. Just yeah. generally, I, I'm ironically not confrontational. Um, <laughs> but only because people don't argue back. <laughs> it's turned yeah. into Yeah, um, but that's the so thing yeah. with uh, working in fetish anyway, is it, well, you know, at least for me, or it, it gives you the safe space to learn about your desires or the things that turn you on or teach you these things. Um, 
in a safe way and while making money, <laughs> which is yeah. nice. And yeah. then you can kind of like, that's kind of what it was like for me. Like it definitely started out, I was fascinated with S&M stuff, BDSM stuff. So I just went in like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like fucking hit me. Sure. And then after, and then after enough years of that, and I was like, okay, I know how I want to be getting domed and no one's really doing exactly what I want or think should be done. So let me give it a shot. And then it just clicked like instantly, which yeah. is what it sounds like. It was kind of like for you, like, it's just, once you tried that, the, the other side of it, the Dom side of it, it was just like, oh, that clicked like a puzzle piece. Like it, it yes. clicked big time. You know, it, yeah. it changed my entire concept of sex. Um, Yay. <laughs> yeah, it just, it was a completely new ball game. I, none of the fetish stuff had really made sense. I enjoy it, enjoyed it. And yeah. um, I kind of get it, I guess, but it didn't make logical, reasonable sense to me. Um, and BDSM taught me that, you know, the brain is your biggest sex organ and mm -hmm. all of the, the fetish and kink really is just the fruits of that garden. Uh, so it doesn't have to make sense. Just like love. Yes. Love doesn't make sense. Love is completely irrational and just illogical. And, you know, <laughs> uh, I think sex is much of the same way. But yeah, yeah. so um, just to kind of wrap up my little mini life story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so needless to say, from that point forward, I was like, I'm not a sub, period. Uh, I didn't like it when the ropes touched my skin anyway. And now I get to put the ropes on someone else and their cock gets hard and their pussy starts just leaking all over the place. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm home now. <laughs> yes. This is where I belong. This is what makes me happy. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I did that for about seven years solid. Um, I was then hired full-time staff, uh, videographer and editor for Corbin Fisher. Um, that was at the time really big, a male gay porn site at the time. Oh, okay. Great. Um, wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So I was the only female in the company. Yes. Uh, other than the, our cleaning lady, she was a badass. <laughs> you gotta be a badass to be a cleaning lady for a gay porn company. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um yeah, and so I was with uh with CF for um about three years solid, did a lot of work with them as a performer as well. I have over 71 films, uh just with Corbin Fisher. So, so I, what did that look like being I mean I was you... bait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, you, you appear to be a very cis female. So how did you fit into these gay male productions? <laughs> so, gay porn is my personal fetish. Yeah. Uh, up until just recently, females in porn ruined it. Females in person I loved. It, yeah. I've got course. a weird mental break there. Um, <laughs> and I think it was because, you know, the type of porn that I would come across when it did involve a female. I'm sure you can relate to this. It was like, ah, 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 you know? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's what so, many, many people, many uh, lesbians and queer people who watch uh, girl, girl or lesbian porn get immediately turned off by it after just exploring a little bit on Pornhub and then being like, this is all fake and shitty. And, yeah, um, and, she, feel, and she sounds like she's getting skinned alive. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, it just, and it's, it's like, 
like preemptive moans and things, you know, where it's just exactly. it seems so fake. And, and yeah, and I'm just, you know, it's just hard because to find the stuff that is more authentic and genuine, you know, it's like, it's not really going to be for free on Pornhub. It's not, and, and even if you are willing to spend some money on it, it's like, well, where do I go to find these things? And I, and I understand that that's basically like the biggest issue people face, mm -hmm. <laughs> finding good lesbian porn. Yeah. Very much so. And so when I came across Corbin Fisher, it was well lit. It was well produced. They're good looking guys. Um, you know, their whole shtick was kind of, you know, the Midwestern all American boy. You know, not that that's a fetish of mine or anything, but who doesn't like that? I guess. Yeah, it's hot. Um, it's transgressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he did all like the jock play and the locker room and the sleepovers. And <laughs> my inner pervert just loved that shit. Hell um, yeah. And I, and I just, I realized the domination between the boys was, was what really did it for me. They wrestled so much with their yeah. straightness with their sexuality yeah. because they're here just for the paycheck and it feels so fucking good and they just can't <laughs> hide it they just can't hide it yeah, you know um yeah i think um that's what draws a lot of uh women to gay porn and mm -hmm. even lesbians watch gay male porn because you can see mm -hmm. that it's that inability to deny the pleasure that's happening and that you know men are just like consistently you know pretty horny so you yeah. see that coming through in ways that sometimes straight and lesbian porn there's not as much of it most definitely and it's interesting because if you really sit back and look at femdom for example for me anyway the how it, i kind of reconcile in my head is you know the slut if you will the female mm -hmm. slut the classical porn star that's how they want to feel they want to yes, 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 and pretty and desire and fucked and just manic yeah. in, in their primal desires. Um, yeah. And, you know, you said something as soon as we got started as far as creating space. And as a dominatrix, 100%, that's what I do. You know, I yeah. provide that, you know, safe, welcoming place to be the biggest slut you yes. fantasize about being mm -hmm. in a space where it's encouraged, it's rewarded, you know. Um, yeah. So recently, actually, I've decided that I need to start marketing my femdom to women. Yeah. I don't understand why more women aren't into like a hot, gorgeous, submissive guy on his knee. <laughs> with yeah. Anything for you. So I think it's just been marketed wrong. Yeah. And that's going to be my Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think, um, well, whenever you can target your marketing, that's, that's a magical, that's a magical thing. <laughs> especially with women in porn. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it can be hard sometimes, mm -hmm. I think, to, uh, uh, now this is a generalization. I have a lot of women who spend money on my products, my porn, my OnlyFans, things like that, for sure. But uh, in the bigger picture, I think, you know, again, we're like, we're socialized to not be horny. And even though we are anyway, it's taboo, so we can't talk about it. 
and um we certainly can't spend money on it you know <laughs> so that's why i think it's like a little bit more you know at least this is like the feeling that we have as as um producers and stuff it's just like like the men are just the guaranteed um and women i think it's just like it's harder to reach them with marketing but that being said, I, you know, I think it is kind of like an untapped thing. And I think there are definitely women who are like, yeah, I do want to see that. Like, I am attracted to men, but I like to see men serve. I like to see service in this way and, and you know, various things like that. Um, and then, too, to, yeah, like see men be allowed to be like the slut in the, in the opposite sense. If that makes yeah. sense, like the, the in, on the receiving end almost and like, you know, just let let down all those like guards of masculinity that are always so upheld and in place at all times. <laughs> yeah, to be able to relax. And, and as we yeah. both know, I mean, bondage. I mean, there is nothing more relaxing to a true rope bunny, than, <laughs> you know, than just being left in the corner with a gag in her mouth and can't move, you know, it's like, oh, finally, some peace mm -hmm. and quiet. Yeah, um, and, and not having to, like yeah, not having to be the one in charge and making the decisions. And I mean, that's the appeal of being a sub sometimes, you know. Most definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, after being at Corbin Fisher for a couple of years, um, <laughs> my dumbass. <laughs> Got a wild hair at my ass and decided I, quote, wanted something bigger. Yeah, I don't regret <laughs> I don't. I don't regret leaving porn. I, I don't regret anything in my life. Um, yeah. But there's definitely a part of me that was like, no. <laughs> this could have been a lot easier. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I left porn and went to film school and completed film school uh, and had a career in mainstream media. Um, I don't wow. want to get too far out there because I'm doing my best to maintain some sort of professionalism on the other side of that fence. But sure. I was uh, lucky enough to do a handful of um, feature-length films, uh, some commercials, um, a few big um, music videos as well with a couple of big names. That's um, amazing. I've done a lot of camera work. Um, I've been a first assistant director on most of the bigger projects, in addition to small associate producer roles and things like that. Um, wow. It's a lot of fucking work. Yeah. <laughs> Hot, coming from a woman who has given respect on a platter on a daily basis, we do not give enough respect to our crews who are making yeah. our media. You know, yeah. I, I spent 17 hours in a cave. You know, like I yeah. had another 16 hour day climbing sand dunes oh at 97 God. degrees. Like ah! I've never worked that hard in my whole fucking life. Yeah. Um, it's nuts. But then 2020 hit and a girl's got to eat. <laughs> so <laughs> obviously all the production shut down. Uh, yeah. I had one last broadcast uh, in April of 2020, right? When everything shut down, you know, they were making everybody wear masks and they were like, well, everybody's stuck at home. So let's just do this broadcast. And, um, it was bonkers. It just, <laughs> absolutely, it just, everything was weird and different and new. And yeah, for 
And it's a good thing because ironically, this last week was the first time I have gotten a call for a mainstream production gig since 2020. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It's Whoa. a big one. It, it's a pretty big yeah. one. I'll actually yeah. share this, be running camera um, in MFC's VIP room at AVN. This ah, year. okay, so cool. I'm so it's still, that's amazing. So it's, it's still um, adult work, but. Weirdly, this is the first gig yeah. where my two hats get to be worn at the same time. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. shooting that afternoon at the hotel you know and then that night yeah. going in to actually run camera for the vip show so one so, day shooting content for yourself and your adult content and then second part of the day running camera for mainstream yeah i mean and, it is mainstream but it is avn so exactly <laughs> and this take is that my, as you will <laughs> and this is my fifth yeah. year doing that um so oh, wow. within that space i've shot cardi b uh, they've had cardi b out there at the oh. mfc vip room um right. well wayne has come out suicide girls have yeah. come out yeah and i'm the nerd wearing all black behind the camera on the riser in the back <laughs> wow and you'd never Gosh. know it. i'm sneaky yeah that 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 mixture of the two worlds so do you still i mean do you still have i don't even know what you call it like listings out there or your LinkedIn up or whatever for your, for your um, non-porn work that you do and you kind yeah, of do um, I whatever. I actually have two IMDB pages. <laughs> Beautiful. I, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that they do that for uh, porn. Yeah, I they do. Are, yeah, I, I have one. one. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I got a big old BVIMDB page. Um, uh, but I have them for my mainstream <laughs> work as well. Obviously, awesome. It has my professional names on, you know, respectively, but Yes. Yeah, girls been busy. <laughs> well, that's great to hear. In general, we Thank love you. being busy. <laughs> right. So yeah. So I guess I'm I'm kind of curious a little bit. Like when you decided to leave and get your um, and go to film school, was it like you had an opportunity and you're like, I'm going to stop this and try this? Or were you like, like, what was your motivation to go to film school and just cut and completely end the uh, adult entertainment side? Honestly, it was um, the bad reputation of just being an adult performer in the first place, which as you can imagine, is just incredibly frustrating and stupid. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> Clearly, I am a very capable woman. <laughs> I I run two companies. You know, I, I'm well educated. Yep. <clears throat> yep. Um, but if I was going to be real, and you know, I had to take a look in the mirror and think to myself, no one's going to hire me to you know do the Raiders draft party like I did with Corbin Fisher. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. and clips for sale and found on vampire right like that does it i can't even say that it doesn't mean anything because it does it just doesn't mean what i want it to yeah so i went to film school to basically get the little shiny thing the shiny bouncy ball that everybody wants to see fine i'll do it because mm -hmm. um, with business more than anything, it's a fucking checklist. 
Yeah. That's all it is. It's a checklist. You can do anything mm -hmm. as long as you put it into a list format. And so cool. <laughs> you want the shiny bouncy ball? I'll get you the shiny bouncy ball. Um, and before I was even out of film school, I have found a quick little shoot on um, Craigslist. Mm -hmm. We needed a first AD. I had never done that before, but that was the role I was going for. And they brought me on. And I was with that same production company as their first assistant director for the next five years. Um, apparently, I did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it was just it was just that motivating factor of how everyone else was going to look at it. My skills were still there. I mean, right. It was all the same, you know, and it filled in the gaps of my knowledge for sure. You know, understanding oh, how that stuff is calculated and that, you know, of course. temperatures and yeah. all of that. Um, like the technical aspects, you, you learned the, like, from a school rather than the rest of us are kind of just picking it up as we go along. <laughs> and, you know, I think porn producers um, have really done a great job because, you know, just like so many other industries, um, digital media is bulky. You know, it's yeah. kind of like the tax code. There's a lot of extra apps. <laughs> That is put on, especially when you get up into Hollywood and larger scale productions, you know, you get into second and third ADs and yeah. assistants and assistants and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. And when you have that many bodies on set. Yeah, sure. Um, so that model doesn't even work for porn. Our model is, yeah. you know, way too efficient. Our output is <laughs> way too high to be yes. in post-production for anything longer than a few hours, yeah, honestly. Yeah, yeah like, like a I day or two. I don't know how some of our counterparts do it with their special effects and stuff. When they do yeah. you know, the cosplay, so mm -hmm. much there. Yeah. So. so, but do you think it had anything to do with kind of like, um, like were you feeling pressure from like family, friends, society, like that kind of feeling? Yeah, a little bit. Um, my sister, in particular. Yeah. <laughs> Funny enough, uh, we're not talking right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I think. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think a lot of I think a lot of a lot of um, us, you know, uh, whether we're coming out as queer or we're coming out as adult entertainers, you know, it's it's like, well, we have to decide: are we going to tell our family? What if they find out anyway? I mean, there are all these things to consider. Um, and then, it, and then you make that decision and, um, sometimes it can be a thing where it's like, I, then we, that's fine. You can feel that way about the choices I make for my life, but then we aren't going to talk anymore and I'm going to find my new family over here, you know, with people who yeah. accept me for me. <laughs> well, and what, what really struck me with my sister was that it was the perception of the job. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's always yeah, right. That's always like, it. Mm -hmm. She wanted me to put on a pencil skirt and heels and go sit at a front desk at a fancy building somewhere because I'm pretty and one of the executives would sleep with me and I'd wind up marrying. Yeah, that's her whole. <laughs> I'm like, girl, you need to stop at the Hallmark Channel. Yeah, like holy <laughs> shit. And she was perfectly yeah. fine if I only made thirty five thousand dollars a year. 
doing that. Yeah. That was acceptable to her working 40 hours a week, but kind of created that divide. You know, if we want to kind of get into the weeds about why we walk away from people like that is, you know, it didn't matter that it provided me the lifestyle that I could take care of my family. It didn't matter that I worked 40 hours a month. Yeah. Rather than a week. Um, It didn't matter that I was more financially stable as a sex worker than I was working in a fucking tanning salon. None of that mattered. Mm -hmm. And so therefore that's my well-being, right? That's how I'm a partner. That's the time I have at the gym and, you know, my mental health and and all of that. Um, You know, I can go to a job where my boss makes me cry in the bathroom. I cried in the bathroom. Yeah, that's so- I'll tell you that. Yep. Um, and that's okay. That's totally okay exactly. because you're doing you're doing the okay thing. Right. <laughs> you're you're right. getting abused. Like, <laughs> if, if, you know, I, you know, make someone suck cherry pie from between my toes, suddenly that's not okay anymore. <laughs> no, I'm being right. paid for what I'm actually worth. Exactly. And then I get to go home and make dinner and be healthy and well and pleasant and happy with my life. I've essentially left mainstream media since I've opened back up. I started back up again in 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my day rate turned into my hourly rate. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, you, I, I beg any of your, if your listeners in business, come clap and tell me that that's bad math because, right? <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing. It's just so like, you know, this is. I am not just okay with doing this. I find I get joy from doing this. Oh, so much. And. so I get joy and fulfillment from what I do for a living with my days and I make more money in less time than I would ever be able to make in in another job really and for some reason you know people are very uncomfortable with that (laughs) they are they are So, so uncomfortable with it and so it feels like you know some really the biggest the biggest issues that that we you know have to contend with as being sex workers is not our feelings about what we do because you know by and large we're all pretty good with it the thing that sometimes makes us not good with it usually comes from externally it comes from society it comes from those expectations that are put on us as humans but also as women and all the you know fucking thousands of centuries of oppression. (laughs) I got got into it with someone on TikTok. (laughs) I got to tell this. So uh, the creator had basically posted a quick little clip of this woman uh, talking about her experience in a BDSM shoot. And I'll give it to the woman because all she did was be like, you know, I showed up, we did the thing, and I didn't like it. Cool. Yeah. You're allowed to not like the thing Absolutely. you did. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I can't stand pistachio ice cream. Whatever. Totally. Whatever. Yeah. But, but you didn't know until you tried it. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> here, he was spinning it like, oh, look at this poor woman, this victim. She's been trafficked, yep. you know. Oh, and I'm just like, I'm oh. sorry. 
Okay. <laughs> Let's start here. That work doesn't just fall out of the sky. Mm -mm. When was the last time somebody approached you and was like, hey, let me do these old terrible things to you? That would have made our jobs so much easier. Right? <laughs> Rather oh, than, yeah. oh no, you have to look them up. Right? You have to get in contact with them. There's all kinds of discussions. So my thoughts were like, okay, so let me get this straight. So as a woman, somebody said, okay, hey, some folks are doing this crazy shit over here. And you went, cool, I'm going to go check it out. And then you mm -hmm. did. Yeah. And then they asked you to sign a release. And then they asked you to prove that you were uh, sober and of legal age and consenting. Mm -hmm. Then you did the thing that you went there to do were paid for it, and then you went home. So tell me, <laughs> yeah, this concept that all sex workers are somehow trafficked or that trafficking is such a huge percentage yeah. also makes me question who's watching it because there has to be a market for people to make it. Yep. I just made that up. That was brilliant. Um, <laughs> right? Well, like there's, you know, if no you one make, would make it if there wasn't a market. Exactly. <laughs> like if what if it didn't make them money? If it wasn't profitable? And if that's the conversation that needs to be had, that we have a huge amount of our population that is seeking out non-consensual porn and trafficking and things like that. Well, then that's a much bigger conversation. Right. You can't look at either of our Twitter feeds and say that anybody on there is being trafficked. Right. No. And uh, and I mean, that's the thing, too, is like uh, you can't call it trafficking when, you know, someone like you said, someone's sober, someone is uh, fully aware of what they're about to get into. They sign a release. They, you know, they take the paycheck and they walk away now. That doesn't mean that they didn't try something that they were open to and sure. then they tried it and they were like, I did not like that, you know, but that That's doesn't make it a crime. Yeah, that doesn't make that a crime. That just means that, you know, someone tried to explore something and then they realized they didn't like it. So now that person has the total freedom to never do it again. Yeah, so I get a little feisty when it comes to, you know, those perceptions. So, like, so oh do no. I. <laughs> yeah. Well, ultimately it's entirely patriarchal and for these people to get in front of us and decide that they can speak on our behalf for us and tell us that we are victims and tell us yeah. we're being trafficked, um, totally takes away our voices, our autonomy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and frankly, like I find it to be misogynistic. Um, I feel mm -hmm. like if you are anti-sex work, you are pro-patriarchy. You are mm -hmm. the person saying, you don't know what you want to do with your own body. Yeah. You are a stupid, dumb slut, and you don't get to make those decisions for yourself, but I know better what's best for you. So yeah. trust me, you're a victim. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is laughable you know laughable. somehow I, I just don't feel okay with that i don't feel okay with someone telling someone else telling me you know what i'm allowed to do with my own body 
someone else telling me how I'm allowed to perceive my own life experiences. Well, I'm just not okay with that. <laughs> yeah. So that's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back in time now. I want to talk a little bit about sort of like your perceptions about sex and porn when you were a young person and growing up, if that's all right. Mm -hmm. um, what was your first like perception? What was your first like understanding that porn is a thing? Like did you stumble across some porn and you're like, oh my gosh, this is porn. Like how, how did that, just what did I it look like? I remember... Okay, so my sister and I are very close in age, and so we always had the same best friend. There was always a trio. And she had a VHS tape and popped it in one, of the, one day when she was, you know, when we were at the house. And I was just like, yeah. And I remember it was a bisexual thing. It was like two what? chicks and like, a dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, two chicks and a dude. And I was just like, yeah, okay, so that's what it looks like. Because I had, of course, been thinking about sex and people mm -hmm. have been like, oh, don't touch the hot burner. Uh, <laughs> but yes. I was still young enough that I hadn't seen it. Yeah. And so that was the first time that I was like, huh, got it, okay. <laughs> and then the next time, it was a few years later, I'll never forget. I remember this so clearly. It was an episode of Eon Flux. Oh my God! Yes. Oh, <laughs> oh it's a cartoon. Yes, girl. Yeah, the no, that show. Yes, yeah, so Eon Flux. If you guys all don't remember, it was a show on MTV's Liquid Television back in the <sighs> mid '90s, I think. Oh, and it was just it out. Oh my God! It was super <laughs> erotic. It was, the way it was drawn. It was so sexy. It was so surreal at the same time too. Um, yes, Eon Flux. It was yeah. definitely like part of a queer awakening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I definitely wasn't the only one. And I remember this episode. No. <laughs> it wasn't even Eon, but Sumi had been like pushed back. And then the person in the doorway turned into an octopus. And all of these tentacles come out and just start ramming the crap out of this <laughs> individual. And just tentacles in the ears and the nose and the Every, in the every mouth, everywhere, mm -hmm. and I got turned on. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Oh wait, hold on, that's an octopus. That isn't reasonable." <laughs> that it's weird how that sense. just doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> it's an octopus because, like, I'm totally same page. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're just like. Someone is being aggressively penetrated. <laughs> uh-huh. By some tentacles. Yes. By some tentacles. <laughs> and I was like, ooh, those suction cups. Now you're talking. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, tentacle porn. Uh, it never became a thing. But, yeah. And then from but that there, was that was your you were making that connection between seeing something visually and feeling a, a response in your body, an erotic yes. response in your body. Whereas the first time when you saw the boy girl girl porn, it was more it sounds like it was almost more scientific mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, I cataloged it. Right. Like not really action. visceral. Mm -hmm. But then when you yeah. saw the the tentacle on Eon Flux, it was like Oh, there's that eroticism thing. Yes, the eroticism into my, there. Mm -hmm. into my loins. 
<laughs> yeah, indeed. Hot. Yeah, that fucking show. Oh my god. It did things. Yeah. Um so I I was pretty promiscuous, I guess. Um I lost my virginity early. Um I was 13. Okay. Uh and we were at a family reunion. <laughs> Yes. Oh, please tell, his, please tell the story. His family reunion in a sleeping bag on the porch. Because there were so okay, many. But who was this other person? He was my little boyfriend from middle school. Okay, so he, he, so he came with you to your family reunion. I just his, wanted to make it clear. It was his, it was his family, family reunion. Okay, you went, okay. So yeah. you were not at your family reunion having sex with a My family doesn't like each other. <laughs> <laughs> My family's like, don't come. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make that clear. So you went with your boyfriend to his family reunion. Yeah. And you were in a sleeping bag and you guys so you guys have been holding hands and kissing up to this point or Yeah. <sighs> God, this is so silly and ridiculous. So I remember being like, just put it in my butt, right? Wow. Yeah, I can't get pregnant, wow. and I'm still a virgin. It wasn't my butt. I'm still I a virgin. It was my butt. Oh, damn! <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. It was hugely uncomfortable, and I just remember being like, you know, we just need to get past this. It just needs to happen yeah. and then end and then happen later and everything. Yeah. It, yes, so, that, that let's get this virginity thing over with so we can move on with our lives. Right? I'm such a practical person. I'm so practical <laughs> about it. I'm just like, yes, this yes. is going to happen now and it's going to suck and that's okay. But yeah. So, but it wasn't gonna... your butt. He didn't put it in your butt. No. Okay, I've good. never <laughs> been able to do anal. I have tried my entire adult life. I've trained with Girl. plugs. No. You know what? I'm not put it in my butt. You know what? <laughs> just a side note real quick. Just a side note real quick. There are some people for whom anal is just, it comes naturally to them. And they're like, yes, put it there. There are other people who they do some training and then they're good. There are a third type of people in which category I fall and you fall where it's like, we tried, we've tried. It just doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't fucking work, and that I is okay. To. I wanted I to too. Yeah, I, I wanted to. Work. I would have made so much more money. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had access to that anal money. Let me tell you, anal money. <laughs> that That's fucking anal good. money just out of reach. But, the only uh, thing better than anal money is uh, gate for pay money. <laughs> you know, I will say it's interesting to me that you that you had that idea at that age because um I remember me and my girlfriend talking about the fact that there was such a thing as anal sex and just being like disgusted by it <laughs> when you know when we were that age obviously. Well, everything seemed gross at that age. You know, when you're first getting sexual and then you know we were just like, "Oh my god, a blowjob you put a penis in your mouth? That seems so gross." <laughs> And then at some point, it seems hot. I don't know when the transition happens. Well, maybe, but maybe that's my problem because my perversion has been here from day one. Oh, Never have I been kiss. like gross. No, I'm I like, love Ooh. that. 
cool. <laughs> oh fucking love that for you. Oh my god, I love that. I was such a pervert. I always beautiful. Have been. I don't know. Beautiful. <laughs> so 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 when it happened, yeah. uh. You were like, let's get this virginity thing over with. Uh, was it? Was it like? Was it awkward? Or were, you know, were well, you guys close? Because other cousins right. were sleeping out in the yard in tents. Okay, so you're just yeah. like, as long as nobody it, comes in. Literally, his entire family, Granny, and the whole bit <laughs> within feet. Yes, and so it was awkward in the respect of position, because of course, I'm like. We're spooning, and so I'm just like backing up, yeah, backing up on it. And I love that. I remember lightning crashes from live. Oh, oh, what a soundtrack! (laughs) Oh my god, he turned that on his his headphones, and so we could just hear it a little bit, kind of help muffle our sounds and stuff. Um, but I remember the next day we were playing croquet in the yard and I was sitting on a rock and being like, damn, I'm sore. <laughs> like, yes. Well, that's yesterday. Do you think anybody can tell? No, they can't tell. Yeah. It's weird, <laughs> right? It's weird. I remember after like, you know, my first time and it was pretty disappointing and just kind of being like thinking that somehow i mean your whole life you know it's like sex is such this big deal and you watch tv shows about it and everyone's like obsessed with it and so it's just like i don't know maybe especially in the 90s still today i don't know (laughs) it seems like we've expanded yeah that hasn't changed (laughs) and then you do it and then it's almost like you have this expectation that like the world is gonna look different like colors are gonna be brighter and like (laughs) I don't know like yeah exactly exactly exactly. and I just remember just being so like not only is nothing different but like I'm so disappointed (laughs) by like that was not at all what the world makes it seem like it's supposed to be yeah so so it's funny so I have a podcast as well yay so I focus on sex education because we didn't get it yeah, no, we didn't get any. We mm-hmm. barely got reproductive education, and then we got a bunch day. of expectations. All the expectations, but no explanation as to why. Yes, not to mention that the information that they had back then was oftentimes just false to begin with. The yes, was yep. fully dissected until like two thousand five, folks. Yeah, two thousand five. Did not fuck? know. That it was like this gigantic Oregon. (laughs) Just recently, they were like, oh, you know, you know, the common thing that uh, the clitoris has twice as many nerve endings. Oh, no, it's four times. A hundred thousand nerve endings on the tip of your eraser. Yeah. So in my podcast, you know, I I tell, tell my listeners, you know, this was the one thing everyone has been expecting you to do, but nobody taught you how. Yeah. You're supposed to be good at something that you're not allowed to talk about. You're not allowed to watch it. Man. You're not allowed to ask about it. Right? Yep. And yet somehow yep. you're just supposed to overnight be good at this thing, which is incredibly nuanced. 
changes with age, changes with generation, changes with partners. Oh gosh. Changes throughout your whole life. Yeah. And I, and I think it's really, you know, our education system's really done us a huge disservice. I think it has contributed to our incel issue. I think it's contributed to our fertility issue, to families falling apart. I mean, how how many marriages have ended because they were sexless or lacked intimacy. And people think it's like somehow not important to, to vibe sexually with someone. Like I know people who, uh, the sex isn't that great, but they're like, well, marriages are about more than just sex. So I'm just going to push through. And it's like, actually, you know, if you are a sexual person, um, it is very fucking important. (laughs) You can't just push through it. You're going to hit that wall where you realize you're incompatible and yeah. You know, hopefully by that point you haven't popped out a few kids or whatever, because it's like, it, it's, right. it's not sustainable. You need your needs met. That's Well, and not just that, but in my humble opinion, the point of all of my relationships, my relationship with you, my sweet girl, with my partner, <laughs> with, you know, whomever, is to make each other's experiences as fully ourselves as we can. Right. Yes. So yes. I want you to be as you as you can yes. be. Yes. With me. So so much to encourage authenticity. That, exactly, and so to encourage that in someone else has to include sexuality. It has Absolutely. to, because you cannot be your full self. But that also includes your potential for growth and change yeah. in that same sphere. You know, um, so this idea that even within marriage that we don't change or evolve or just want different shit, you know, that's ridiculous. Of course, she's not the woman you married. I would hope not. It's been 20 years, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like maybe she likes it in the butt now. Maybe you like it in the butt now. Maybe you did 10 years ago. Who fucking cares? Yeah. You know, a, a relationship cannot stand still yeah it cannot stand still and 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 i think when you know we handicap ourselves by not being able to talk about it not having accurate information in the first place um well then yeah your your shit's gonna fall apart it's it's built on sand you don't have all the pieces yeah exactly yep yeah and it's it sucks too how, you know, we don't even talk about pleasure when we talk about sex education at all. And, you know, I, obviously, like, I talk about this a lot, but, you know, I, I blame religion. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> religion entered the chat and was like, hey, we're not talking about uh, sex anymore. Only in the context of marriage, only in the context of how it works biologically to make a baby. Um, and then, so then, yeah, we grow up, we don't know anything, uh, especially as you know, with men, the whole biological aspect of ejaculate happening, it, the pleasure is just built in. Right. But with women, you know, we don't ever prioritize in, in sex education the fact that um, the clitoris only exists for pleasure. Yeah. The fact that, you know, you are entitled to pleasure. So mm-hmm. when we when we then engage in sex, you know, the first few times, it's often uh confusing or we're like i thought this was supposed to feel good or i thought i was supposed to have an orgasm like so many women aren't 
never look at their vaginas or their vulvas. They don't know how it works. They've never had an orgasm. No one's ever encouraged them to try or to touch themselves. I mean, all of these things. And then we wonder why everyone's got all these hangups, you know, moving into adulthood. And then, so uh, that's, you know, that's just a massive problem. And I'm hopeful because it's becoming more and more clear that 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 that's a major you know societal kind of issue um and you know the pushback against trying to get that education access for people including young people like most importantly young people like it is age appropriate to talk to a, someone going through puberty about their fucking body and about masturbating like that is yeah. age appropriate because it's happening people it's happening like yeah on my podcast i dedicate entire episodes to the talk like here you go send this send this to your niece or nephew or whomever Mm -hmm. i think a big part of it too is they you know people often like to put sexuality in a box and then put it up on shelf when in reality it's it's messy and it's in every single aspect of our lives every Mm -hmm. single aspect of our lives um, but it's also, and I think the box that we like to put it in are pussies and dicks. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. That's the only thing we talk about pussies and dicks. Yeah. That's the only thing people who are against gay marriage even talk about is the dick going in the butt. It's like I know. when we stop talking about sex, just having the physical act of penetration. Because right. you and I both know sex is incredibly oh. mental. Oh, yeah. And what we're really dealing with is the nervous system. Not the dick, not the pussy, not the ass, not the tits, not the armpits. It's the nervous system. Yeah. So when I train, for example, when I'm training one of my slaves mm-hmm. in impact play, we are rewiring the neural network to associate that impact with pleasure. Yes. And that's what we do when we masturbate. That's what we do when we make out and go through puberty. All of these inputs, we can change our neurons to respond and react in the way we want them to, just like an athlete, for example. You know, that 50-yard dash, that time not going to get any shorter unless you do it over and over and over. That's right. Sex is no different. The more you masturbate, the more you're going to want to masturbate. The better sex you have, the more options you have to expand what good means. And what sex sex means. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And what sex means. I mean, I think so many people are like, oh, well, did the did the P go in the V or whatever, you know, or did the P go in the B? I put one in his mouth. (laughs) You know, yeah. And it's like they're there's so there it's all sex you know it it doesn't it's not if you didn't have an orgasm it's still sex if you you know all like if the p didn't go in the v you still had sex if it went went somewhere else it's like it's these strict like definitions we've made and and they're they're so silly and they don't leave room for all all this nuance that is sex you know it is nuance yeah and all of these are opportunity for intimacy. You know, that's what it's all about. It's yeah. all it's getting it's that connection with your partner. So if your dude has a foot fetish and y'all are watching Game of Thrones for the fifth time, 
and you start sucking on your toes, that is his sex. Totally. That is your intimacy in mm -hmm. that moment. And yep. that's valuable. That's totally. more than anything, you know? So yep. put on your pantyhose. Put on the pantyhose <laughs> if there is a special night out, you know, wear the Supergirl costume, you know, yep. because that level of intimacy um, is yes. very special and not a lot of people get it. And, you know, I feel like you can have that type of intimacy with a room of 10 people if you want, yes, you know, and I also, part. yeah, and I feel too that like a lot of times people are afraid of intimacy in a lot of ways. And, and that's why, like, I always encourage, you know, even if you're just having a one night stand with someone, you don't want it to be anything more than that. They don't either, but you want to have good sex, be willing to have some intimacy with that person. Like it's not looking someone in the eyes while you're having sex with them is not a fucking contract written. In <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, like it just it just makes the sex better, and then you can go on your merry ways and never talk again, and that's okay, and that's great. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Like, <laughs> well, and sharing that intimacy is is an interesting topic too. I feel like we could go on for a whole other episode here about. Oh right. Um, the different kinds of intimacy. For example, when you yeah. and I shot together the other day, I felt incredibly intimate. And oh, absolutely. I had such a great time. Our connection was just so beautiful. And I loved it. I'm going to bring you over again soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. being able to be intimate with someone that you don't necessarily love. Love, love. Oh, yeah. But you yeah. value that connection and that intimacy mm -hmm. just as much. You know, oh, you, you were just as valuable to me as a human being, and, and your pleasure is just as important to me, you know, as someone that I do yeah. love. And um, we can share that with our friends, and that's okay too. Yes, it's so nice too. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So was there a time, so by the time you had this first sexual encounter, were you already aware that you are also attracted to female people or what did that sort of discovery look like for you? Coming or do you back. identify as spy? I just making assumptions. So that's what's so funny. That's what's so funny. Cause I really haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> like okay so again coming back to just being practical to a fault i'm just like fuck yeah women are hot and that's been the case from day one even so it's just always been obvious to you yeah it, it, so for me you know people have slightly nuanced definitions of whatever bi gay whatever um would I currently have a relationship with a female? No. Um, but would I fuck the absolute shit out of you? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, don't mind if I do. Now you don't have to pay me. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, totally. My sexual gratification is just as high with women as it is with men. Um, I don't find the desire to chase women mm -hmm. 
but I also don't chase men per se either. I've never really looked at a human being and like, fuck stick. Yeah, going after that. Going after it, you know. <laughs> Because for me, I'm just not a looks person. It's so it's chemistry more than anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so, I mean, I've done a lot. Of, I've done some girl, uh, you know, girl, girl shoots back in the day, um, and I always had a fantastic time, you know, with everybody. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've also been very lucky to have gorgeous, beautiful women at my disposal. <laughs> I'm not picking up any Sally, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a an occupational benefit. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, th- thankfully, there are a thousand different terms for little labels we can affix to ourselves these days. Um, Tell me, what am I? Does that well, make it's me so, pan? It, it no, well, hmm. <laughs> there is some, there is some perfect. Here. This is what I am. I'm the P Definitely. at the end of the Q. I'm like LGBTQP. P. We gotta throw that in there. So you know, the identification that I've chosen for myself is just queer because I get tired of like explaining it in detail to every person that asks or whatever. Um, but it sounds like you got some similar to what I have where I tend to be uh, like hetero romantic, um, but homosexual. So meaning this meaning that like, I don't pursue women for like a relationship, right? Now that being said, it's also for me personally, it's not something that I've completely what I would say like never in my life could I ever, you know? But you know, I found my my person, and it happens to be a cis man. So, so you know, there's a very high unlikelihood, uh, <laughs> you know. But um, you know, there's some room for uh, some kind of relationship with a woman, and I, I leave that a little ambiguous, a little open, and yeah. that's fine for me. But then it sounds like so with with men though, I am definitely uh demisexual meaning like i don't really get attracted to men unless i know them personally and there's something about them and their personality that i find attractive or a turn on um so i i don't look at men and be like ooh look at that hot beefcake or whatever like that's just <laughs> That does nothing for me. Lord, like that's the so reason. Awkward. Come here. <laughs> right? Do you see? Um, <laughs> but that's the reason why, like, I I cannot really be genuinely turned on um, by gay male porn because I'm looking at two men's bodies, and that just doesn't really do mm-hmm. it for me. But being with a man uh that that i have found some attraction to generally speaking you know that i very much enjoy uh, you know obviously with my partner mm-hmm. mainly uh and then beyond him it's really just the attractions are mainly like celebrities 
So, you know, I'm like, I, I would fuck Bo Burnham in a second, but that's because he's a brilliant fucking artist. You know, he's like a poet and like an amazing, brilliant artist. Or like, I don't know, I think Channing Tatum is like a hot dude because he's like a really talented dancer. Oh, I think he needs and, to, you know it. Yeah, oh, for sure. Oh. So, you know, it's like things like that is how I find like an attraction to men. Um, not as much just like physically, whereas with women, I can look at women and I'm just like, oh, hot babe, like we'll fuck her now. Like, I don't need to know much about her at all to be like, let's do this. <laughs> In fact, sometimes it's like, actually don't talk because I don't like the things you have to say. <laughs> We're doing this anyway. <laughs> so it's funny. Um, so my, my partner and I, we are open, I guess. Yeah. Not formally. It's hard to explain. So do, do you mean you haven't had that conversation yet? Oh, we've had all the conversation. That's what I thought. But, you know, he's very much the same where it's like, well, you know, he's straight, but he's kinky and is willing to do almost anything under the right circumstances. Yeah. Um, but of course, those circumstances happen as often as you know the lunar eclipse so yeah yeah so a perfect example so i've got a shoot coming up at abn um with someone who i've got great chemistry for it with i'm very excited to work with him again um very much looking forward to it he's by uh and so i turn around and go to my partner and i'm like Ooh, birthday time like like Come on, you know, let, let's go play with my friend. Like you want him to join, join yeah, in the like let's all get together and just go crazy. And awesome. my partner is like, yeah, I don't really find him attractive. You know, he just doesn't do it for me. And it's interesting because he's not what my what I would traditionally consider as attractive. But there again, mm-hmm. our chemistry was so on point. It doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't yep. even matter. You know, um, I'm pretty sure that I weigh more than he does, but that's okay. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> Yeah, that's irrelevant. Um, yeah. And so I wound up just being happy with just getting everyone's comfort levels. Yeah. You know, just touching base and being like, hey, I'm interested in this over here. How do you feel about it? So at least that way, if. Maybe we're, we're, you know, happen to be watching when the eclipse happens. <laughs> you know? Yeah. We know what everyone's limits are and what everyone is okay with and not with doing. Um, yeah. So try to prop myself up for a successful night one day soon. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So, I mean, would you say that your partner is like hetero flexible or he's just not attracted to men? Like he just, he couldn't do that type of play with you, engage with you and another man. And, and it's interesting because I, w- I would just say that he's evolving. Opportunity has a lot to do with sexuality, you know? Of course. Um, oh my so- God. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, for someone, it's like, oh, are you bisexual? And be like, well, I've never been with a woman, so, ooh, you know. Right. Um, you know, he's definitely not one to put any super hard limits on things like yeah. that. But, yeah, I think he's just kind of like, eh, we'll see. Okay. Yeah, he, he's got an adventurous spirit. 
Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and he definitely keeps up with me in most cases. Yeah. So that's that's saying something. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's all kinds of little fun scenarios you could do without, you know, having to commit to a boy-on-boy aspect. Uh, yeah, so that, you want to just, like, cuck him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah, stuff like, like that. Just cuck the other guy. Exactly. Uh, and making making all the pleasure be focused on you, not so much between them two, but them two on you. You know, I mean, that's all. That's still a thing. That's something I've yet to do in my life. Um, and it is a it's a it's a concept floating around out there that it's more about finding the right person, because, again, like I am super picky when it comes to guys and yeah when it comes to my partner, you know, he wants to also like that person. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want him being like, uh, this fucking asshole. Uh, his dick's right? uh, yeah. No, no. It should be like, it should be everyone's uh, having a fun. <laughs> Absolutely. I want high fives all over the place. Yes, I want the high fives. We want the Eiffel Tower action happening. Yes. Yep, get some food after. <laughs> totally. Oh, the food after the threesome is so nice. That's my favorite. <laughs> Love it. Oh my gosh. Well, you're right. We could we could talk and talk and talk. There's so much more still, but um let's this time we will wrap it up with answering a few questions if you are down you are a video producer as well as i am and we have uh combined many years of experience in the production aspect of this so the first question is i am a video producer in the process of starting a small porn production company is there any advice that you can give on how to go about hiring models? Is there a formal process or a website, or should I just directly contact models and offer a gig? I am looking to create more of a BDSM bondage genre, so I am sure my options will be somewhat limited, but I do have plenty of money to spend, so I would like to hire professionals. Any advice you can give on this subject, even info on required licensing or insurance would be helpful. Thanks for your time. So cute. I love it. I know. This, <laughs> it is so cute. It's so cute. What a sweetheart. Yes. But I love that this person is being very proactive and wanting to make sure all their bases are covered. And I love that. That is important if this is something you want to get into. Most definitely. Um, and, and my biggest advice here, good job aiming for the top. You know, um, your job will be so much easier starting with professionals. They oh, yeah. will teach you yes. how to shoot. And then you can start going after some of, you know, the smaller names and whatnot. Keeping that in mind, realize that the echelon that you are reaching for is the top. So make sure you're um, absolutely organized. Uh, know what you want to shoot what your limits are as a producer, mm -hmm. uh, what kind of wardrobe you're going to be requesting, how long is the shoot going to last, how much footage do you actually need in the camera for editing. Getting all of that down and on paper is going to be information that all of these models are going to need. You know, 
Oh, are we yeah. And a hour thing? Are we doing a six hour thing? Mm-hmm. Are you paying yeah. per hour? Mm-hmm. Which with fetish stuff, I would recommend. Um, yeah. However, if you are going to be introducing hardcore sex into it as well, even if that's with just dildos and toys, or if you're going to have a boy come and work with girls or other girls work with other girls, um, and they're going to be doing sex acts like eating pussy, sucking dick, being penetrated, whatever, um, those are going to be different kinds of raids as opposed to when you are just doing um, tying up and you know bondage stuff, S&M and all that, but without any explicit sex. So this is just a general thing. As far as uh, paying, if you mm-hmm. are doing more fetish stuff and you're not doing explicit sex acts, you're going to be looking at anywhere from like $100, $150 an hour to pay your models and that, that, that hourly rate. If you are doing explicit sex acts, then the, num- then the numbers go a lot, a lot higher. So be clear on what's going to be in your shoot. Be clear mm-hmm. on, you know, I think especially when you're doing fetish and BDSM, You need to really, like we were talking about earlier in the episode, really make sure that they know exactly what they're stepping into. Mm -hmm. You know, so it is like, okay, are you going to be putting me in a fucking machine? Are you going to be tying me up in crazy positions? Is this really easy stuff where you're just like tying ankles and wrists together and tickling my feet? Like, I need to know exactly what's going to be happening so that Mm -hmm. I feel safe. Yeah, and and something that I like to do for bigger shoots too is I kind of I have like a little template, and it's literally just date, time, location, you know, oh, yeah. scene one, blah 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 blah, and I send yep. that to my talent so they can review it, approve it, change it, whatever. We call that a call sheet. Yep. But as far as contacting models, be professional, be concise. Don't be shy to contact us directly. Um, yes. That's more than okay, especially on platforms like Twitter, um, and social media, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, introduce yourself. Let them know. What, if you haven't launched yet, make sure you let them know that. Um, if you have, include a link to your site. But yeah, other than that, you know, just the negotiation back and forth as far as limits and pay. And yeah, yeah. stay organized. Yeah, limits. Definitely Mm -hmm. limits for sure. Yeah, I have, I've got to add because I will have people reaching out to me maybe on like, maybe not on Twitter. Twitter, I think is the most professional platform that you can reach out to someone on. I'll have someone hit up my Reddit and they're just, they're just like, Hey, can we shoot some content together or whatever? And I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. right off the bat. No, because you, the way you came at me is not correct. And I'll get emails like that sometimes too. Hey, we got a company out here. Do you want to shoot with us? I'm just like, well, no, because your initial email to me, you acted like this was just some casual fucking thing. Like it's not, this is a professional thing. You are trying to book someone as a complete and total stranger. And especially with you're just starting, no one knows who you are. No one knows your name. That part of it does make it um, a little difficult. And that's that's the only aspect that'll make it difficult to actually hire like top level professionals as far as like models, you know, like me or Ashley. It's, it's just hard because you don't have anything that we can refer to to see what type of work you do or other models you may have worked with yet. So that's a that's a big thing. Um, if, if you can get some models to work with you, then you can use them as references. 
having some kind of a site, even if it's just a placeholder until you're able to make the content is helpful. Having a, a profile somewhere like Model Mayhem, FetLife, Fet these are places that like, then I can go and see at least what you're going for, you know? And then there are people like, I'm open. If someone's like, if someone comes to me and everything is professional, they're very descriptive of what they want, of what they're trying to make, of what they're trying to do, even if they haven't done it before, I am open to that. Sure. As long as you come at me professionally, you know, yeah. and it's, it's that casual lack of professionalism that will have me just instantly be like, no, it's clear to me that you don't know what you're doing or what you're talking about. So I'm not going to get involved with you with business. Absolutely. Um, and I would, you know, pretty confidently say that you could apply all of this to contact a dominatrix as a client as well. You know, how you approach is literally everything. Yeah. If I get yeah. a message that just says, hey, fucking forget about it. You waste your time. Delete. Delete. No, 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 no. Especially if you're a producer looking for my time. Like, oh. I can't wind up in a fucking garage somewhere, okay? Like, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just have respect for what you're doing and who you're talking to. Definitely. But um, that being said, you know, you can find models on Craigslist. You just have to be very explicit about what type of work you're looking to do. Like, again, the more professional you put it out there, then look at the responses mm -hmm. and how professional those are. Like, yeah. in way do you want to work with someone who seems like, like they're not going to be able to take direction or, you it's know, like I think the way... Mm -hmm. uh, make sure you get pictures from the models so you know what to, what to expect. <laughs> yeah, recent pics um, so you know what to expect. That's why if they show up and they look completely different, you can be like, I'm sorry, you know, he, like maybe here's 20 bucks for gas money, but I can't work with you because you don't look like this picture you sent me. That That's happens. perfectly reasonable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I the, the only reason why I'm, I'm like uh, adding on with this part about finding the models is because I know that like depending on where you live, it can be very difficult. Mm -hmm. So another site that you can use is sexyjobs.com. When I was first getting started in the industry, it was a totally different place, but Model Mayhem, mm -hmm. uh, there was a site called One Model Place and Craigslist. So looking at these places is where I would go to find like those small gigs for myself. What about these days? Like I feel like One Model Place is gone i feel like it's model gone too gone. model mayhem is still around and people can use it i just don't <laughs> <laughs> um i still no have it still has their model mayhem account. I, I just go every i just go like two years or three years between actually looking at the account but um but you know like i am going to be very likely i'm going to be moving to another state and um it will be uh, an area where I might be, you know, having to reach out to find models to work with. Um, so I'm just trying to think of places to share of where I might go and the places I might look. Um, so yeah, sexy jobs, model mayhem, stuff like that. And then just be very discerning, um, you know, when you're, when you're picking who to, uh, to try to work with. And then lastly, um, required licensing or insurance. What I've done is make myself a corporation. So I'm a company. So it wouldn't be me personally, if someone wanted to sue me, that would be taking the hit, it would be my company. 
Um, so you do have to think about that. You know, I have a friend who works at, it's what type of content are you making? So if it's extreme bondage, you know, you might want to have a company first because I have a, a model friend, a bondage model friend who lot like her wrist was tied in a messed up position for too long. She got some nerve damage in her hand and she came back and sued the producer and the rigor because they were being neglectful on set. I know somebody else who produces wrestling content and they're practicing like a pile driver. And uh, unfortunately, they went down too soon or something and the girl um, broke one of her cervical vertebrae. I mean, she broke her neck and they were friends. But, um, you know, a lawyer got a hold of the girl and was like, you need to sue this guy. And it's just been a nightmare situation. So those are things you want to be mindful for. I'm not aware of insurance around that specifically. It might be like a business insurance thing, but you just have to weigh um, the likelihood of that happening. Uh, and then, you know, definitely again, having a business will provide you with some protection. And lastly, the most important things are to make sure that you have model releases, which are pretty easy to get on the internet, just like a template that you can copy, put your own information into. Uh, also, these days, a lot of us are using um, these apps on the phone called like Easy Release or Snap and Release. Uh, you can find those in, in the Apple Store. Yeah, yeah. You got to have a 2257 as well. So the model release releases the use of uh, the model's image as your content. And then um, the 2257 is age verification that the government requires. And you need a photo of the ID front and back. You need a photo of the girl holding the ID back next to her face. Um, so, so these are all like little details of production that are very important to know. And then if you are going to be involved with making actual sexual content, then you also need to have tests, uh, STI tests on file. You need to make sure everyone is tested if they're working together so that we're not spreading infections and things like that. Um, so yeah, I hope that gives you a lot of information, a lot to chew on. Um, and definitely, uh, if you have more questions, you can always hit me up on Twitter. You could hit Ashley up on Twitter. You could email me again. I'm happy to answer more. And, you know, I just feel like in this realm of business, there is enough to go around and there's room for everyone. So I like to encourage people to, if this is the life you want, like freaking get it because it's good. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, you good. are a part of our community and we mm -hmm. embrace that and you're going to bring your own flavor. And I'd love to hear that you've got a bunch of money to spend. My email address yes. is sweetly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. And so, um, so we got another question and this, I feel like this goes really well with, uh, some of what our conversation was earlier. Hi, I'm 29 years old and I have only ever been with men. Uh, this is from a woman, uh, despite the fact that I've always been attracted to women. I just watched my first girl, girl video starring you. <laughs> and I was able to have my first orgasm in six months. I'm on medication that makes orgasm nearly impossible. Uh, an unfortunate side effect of a lot of medications. Yeah, I'm married to a man that I love, but I feel can't satisfy me. I'm curious to know what it is like with a woman, but my husband would not be okay with a three-way and I don't want to cheat. 
How do you navigate being married to a man and being bi? Not just sexually, but losing the intimacy and intellectual stimulation of a female partner. Yeah, there's so much here. There's a there's even like at the end when she says that not not even just sexually, but the intimacy and intellectual stimulation of a female partner that kind of leads me to believe that this woman might be gay. I don't want to project that onto her, but the way she says that at the end, um, and you can be gay and still love your opposite sex partner. It's just not the fulfilling, passionate, you know, part, like intense love that you get from someone who aligns with your sexuality. Yeah, and, and I, I caught a little something there too, where it was just like my husband just wouldn't be okay with it. But um, yes, I wanted to talk about that too. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't want to assume anything here by any means. Um, so of course, the uh, you know automatic answer is you know communication, communication, communication. Always, always, yes, always. Yes. Yes. Your husband, I'm sure, loves you to the moon and just wants you to be happy and satisfied. Um, yeah. And he himself wants to be the one to give that to you, I'm sure. So, yeah, that's going to be a, a sensitive topic. Uh, the harsh reality that he just may not be capable of giving her what she needs specifically. But that yeah. doesn't mean that there isn't lots of room for that intimacy and mental stimulation to grow. I think there is something to be said about fantasies. Uh, fantasies can be very powerful and oftentimes are better left as fantasies too, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So, yep. you know, perhaps it's um, foreplay just to even talk about it. Yeah. You know, just discussing what is exciting or taboo in and of itself can, you know, create the spark and light the fire. So perhaps shifting your perspective to, you know, this is something I can't have to, you know, this is something that maybe my husband and I can explore together. And he can be a part of giving me that space to even fantasize about it, to talk about it, mm. to even explore mm -hmm. that mentally. Mm -hmm. There's that mental stimulation that mm -hmm. he's missing. Yeah. The vulnerability will create that intimacy. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So maybe just take a few little baby steps and be like, hey, babe. You know, I had a huge fucking orgasm the other day. What? Yeah. And you're not going to believe what got me there. Tell me. Mm -hmm. There you go. Maybe just that is just enough to get the ball rolling. Yes. And then maybe like, well, let me show you and then put on what you were watching. Oh, that's so hot. You know, and... and <laughs> have sex with each other while you're watching this lesbian porn. Um, and then I like that idea of like baby stepping towards it. Now, here's the other thing. You know, she says, um, I know that he wouldn't want to do a threesome with me and another girl. 
and I don't want to cheat. There is a third option. <laughs> um, <laughs> there is. <laughs> but it um, it does involve communication. And so like, like I like this idea, talking about it, using it in fantasy as sort of like cracking open that door, engaging his responses. Is that something he finds sexy? Then can you talk about um, maybe we could dirty talk that it's happening while we're having sex. Okay. Then maybe when you're not having sex, you can get to a spot where you're like, you know, like, does he even know that you're bisexual? That's something that he should know about you. In unless you do a lot of uh, self-reflection and realize that maybe you're a little more than bisexual. I don't know. I wish we could talk to you more, but, um, <laughs> but you know, the third option is you talk to him and you say, you have a series of conversations about, I love you. I have no intention of leaving you. I love our relationship. This is important to me. But also, I don't want to live my whole life and, and die never having experienced sex with a woman or intimacy with a woman. That doesn't necessarily mean you want to date another woman. It could. That could be something you talk to. We were talking earlier about that growth in relationships, that growth in marriages, that maybe, you know, when you got married, you were in one place and you grow over time and you can grow together. And that's a beautiful thing. And so maybe it doesn't have to be cheating. I don't consider it cheating. Uh, when I have sex with another woman, well, usually it's for work. So it's easy to say work's work, I guess. <laughs> but it's not always for work. And I know that I have that autonomy because my husband and I have discussed it at length. When I first got with my husband, when we first started dating, I was, I was very much like, this is important for you to understand about me. I will always need to be with women whether it's for work or not, like if my career ended, I still will have that need in me. I'm not going to leave you. You don't ever have to feel threatened by another woman because you're my person for life. But like you cannot provide me with the womanness that I need from time to time. Like I, that's one of my needs. So right off the bat, I was like, if you're going to get involved with me and you ever reach a point where you're going to tell me that I can't also be with women, like I'm either going to leave you or I'm going to lie to you. And I don't want to lie to you. So just know that this is a part of me and this is what you're signing on for. So if your husband maybe didn't know that going into it, there is no time like today to have that conversation and to, you know, and you can reassure him of all these things, but you can say like, Again, I always put things in perspective of the fact that, like, we're going to die. <laughs> I feel like so many people just think we're going to be able to play around in this shit forever and ever and ever. And it's no, like, this is going to end. How important is it to you? Like, how long, how many years of your life are you going to let pass by knowing they could end at any moment without having this experience that, to me, in the tone of your email and what I read, it sounds like there's a yearning for this experience with another woman. And I think that if you hit up against a wall in this communication with your partner, that you need to do some deep soul searching and decide for yourself, again, that concept of like, how many years of my life are going to go by without me having this thing that I know I want um, and that I know I need. 
And I, I, I hope it's not too many <laughs> because you should have what you want in this very brief time we get to be here. You should have the things you want. You know, for, I don't know about you, but the point of life for me anyway, is to experience joy. Yes. End of story, whether it be in yeah. sex or whatever. And I know for me and my partner, his joy is everything to me, everything to me. And, yeah. and that's why I kind of started off with saying, you know, it, I, I'm sure her husband feels very similarly. You know, he's obviously worked for a very long time to try to provide what she needs. Yeah, I hope so. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So give him the benefit of the doubt. You guys have been together a long time. And your happiness, I'm sure, is incredibly important to him. And it goes both ways, too. You know, you, I mean, help me find this joy and be a part of that with me. Um, mm -hmm. And so that way I can be the same for you, too. Yes. How could, what's your joy? What are your fantasies? Yeah. What do you, like, this could open a whole door for you. So interesting story. So I wound up, um, I, I have a production gig that I've kind of, you know, picked up over the years. And I've wound up gotten to, getting to know this one guy. And we started talking about my, my adult work and stuff. And he came out to me and he was like, oh, I, I just have to say this. I have a foot fetish. He just yeah. like worm vomited. And he's just like, I love <laughs> so fucking much. I just can't even stand it. Yes. I've been married for 15 years and she doesn't know. And of course, I played my heart because I'm just like, yes, it is. But show me a woman out there with five kids who doesn't want her foot worshipped. Right, one. for Show real. One, <laughs> like, bro. For real. So we had this very conversation where I was like, "Look, she is the mother of your children. She's been with you for fifteen years. You guys have been through everything together. And honey, bunny, you sit her down and you tell her that you just want her foot in your mouth more than fucking anything else. Yes, and it's gonna be okay." Because you love each other. You love yes, each 15 other. years, you made children together. Come on, yeah, she's not going to up and leave you. okay to change and to grow. He calls me a month later on Facebook Messenger. He just calls me straight up when we had never talked yes. on the phone. He was like, oh my God, Ashley. Her and I are getting a hotel room this weekend with a third partner. <gasps> yes. And we're just going to have a great time. I took advice and we had this conversation and we are closer than we ever have been. And that, that's she's it. way kinkier than I am. Like she wants to peg uh, me and stuff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, he was just waiting for that. They were, she was just waiting for that door to crack open. And that's the thing. If, if both partners are just sitting there being like, ah, I don't know, pulling out their hair. Like, what, what if he does this? What if he says that? It's like, you know what? There is a world of possibilities on the other side of that door, but if you never even crack it, you'll never know. And it's all about joy. It's just yes. finding your joy and helping your partner find their joy. Um, yes. So, yeah, you guys are going to be okay. Yeah, so go, and that's the go goal. Go get you some pussy. Go snuggle yeah. in with some cherry chapstick. Get yeah. Fun. He'll be fine. 
I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ashley, for your wonderful presence here. Uh, Great input on all of the questions and everything else, too. Uh, It was awesome to hear your stories. And gosh, I just appreciate you so much. Thank you. I can't wait to be on your podcast if you'll if you'll have me. Yes, of course. We're gonna. I'm gonna like. Okay, my podcast always winds up being all super vanilla. So we're okay. gonna have to like, <laughs> pink it up. I think my oh, that's great too. Want like the dirty dirt. And I'm, I'm ready for it. Oh yeah, I'm always. Oh, yeah. I'm already waiting here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, please uh, tell everyone where are the best places to find you and maybe where they can find your podcast also. For sure. So my website with all the hottest femdom clips you're going to find on the internet is ashley-edmonds.com. My podcast actually feeds into that website as well, along with a bunch of my other links to other platforms. But uh, you can find my podcast, which is Sex Education with Mistress Ashley, anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm on Twitter at the real Ashley Edmonds. I'm a friend of Sins, so of course you can find me that way as well. Um, Absolutely. I got banned from TikTok, banned from Instagram. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so I think that's it. Clips for sale. I'm on there at the Dell Next Door. Awesome. Thank you. And and welcome to the club. I'm sure every single one of us has been banned from Instagram at least once, if not more. And I was so (laughs) careful. It's such bullshit. That's what's crazy about it. It doesn't seem to matter how careful you are. They'll find a way and a reason and then you'll say, but why? And they just be like, fuck you. Yeah, because we're assholes. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because it's cool for Kim Kardashian to show her nipples, but no one else. Dude, this bitch is doing yoga with her fucking leg up in the air. I can see into her soul. Yeah. I see her soul. It's okay for her. Yeah. <laughs> and I show my feet and I'm bam. Yeah. It's frustrating anyway, world thank we live you in. So much. <laughs> this is so much fun. It's been fun for me too. Thank you so much. And uh we'll See you all next time on the Sage Advice Podcast.